Hello, welcome to Sibling Cinema. I'm Dennis. This is Bonnie. And I'm Lindsay. Yes, we have our first guest today. It's me. Lindsay, my niece and Bonnie's daughter. <laughs> and we are here to discuss our number 57 movie on our list. And what is that? It is called Birdman Bird <laughs> or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Yes. Uh, when did that come out? 2014. 2014. Yeah. Uh, so we're, you know, we have our setup here where I'm the cinephile and Bonnie is the uh, casual. Right. So, Lindsay, how would you describe yourself? How would you uh, put yourself in? I would say medium. I'm in between. I thought I was medium. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I can as low um, then. Yeah, you're low. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, definitely more than mom, but not nearly on the level as Dennis. <laughs> Well, cool. Have you, have you ever heard of Birdman before? Yeah, yeah. I I heard about it. I mean, I heard about the awards, and it's been on my list for a long time. But I just, you know, I don't watch that many movies, so I I'd been meaning to watch it and never did. And then I got to watch it with my mommy. We had yeah. a great time. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of it at all. Yeah. I think we talked about that before. Yeah, I knew nothing about it at all. What were you doing in twenty fourteen? 2014 was a busy year because we had a college graduation and a high school graduation. Yeah. So we have a wedding? Oh, yeah. A wedding. <laughs> a wedding. That was all yeah, within a few weeks Laura, of each other. Yeah, Laura, we had the, and then Terry's wedding. And then Terry's yeah. wedding. It was so, that was a crazy yeah. year. Yeah. And then I moved. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You moved. Yeah. To my house. Yeah. 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 So that was just a busy year. Yeah, eventful time. Yeah, I saw uh, Birdman back in the day. I started working and, in 2014, too. My, uh, oh, my, yeah. I got an ulcer in my eye in 2014. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Where I couldn't yeah. wear contacts. Yeah. I didn't wear one contact yeah. to Laura's wedding. Wow. Yeah. I'm scary. fine now. I can see. Phew. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, I saw Birdman back in the day, and then I watched it again in 2021 when I was working on my list of the for the 2010s the rest of the 2010s yeah. um and then i watched it again was this, this was this in your top 10 for 2010s no okay oh no. So hated it. <laughs> wow. wow i don't know what's gonna happen um, yeah yeah there were well uh maybe some of the losers were but okay see. yeah i remember you went through that list what list? The 2010s. Oh, yeah. Well, at least I knew three of the three of them were from 2010. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So if we, we go back, we discussed this on our uh, King's. The King's. Was that 2010? The King's Speech? Yeah, the King's Speech. Yeah. Podcast. Right. Sounds good. All right. There were eight nominees this year. So wow. seven losers. This was still in the range when they were doing the at least 5%, but no more than 10. Very good, yes. Okay. I'm, yeah, get, I'm getting it. That. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the, the nominations in this period of time, anything that got more than 5% of the votes 
I, th- I think it was five or something. It definitely was a threshold. Got nominated within a range of five to ten. So this year, it made the cut, and we'll start off with American Sniper. Oh. <laughs> I I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean either. Okay. But you definitely uh, can tell you've heard, <laughs> heard yeah. of it. I mean, I yeah, I know I've heard of it. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, Bradley Cooper plays Chris Kyle. Oh, okay. The Navy SEAL uh, sniper. Mm-hmm. In um. He's been to my house for dinner. Iraq. Not Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Not Bradley Cooper. Chris not Bradley Kyle. Chris Kyle. <laughs> oh, not Bradley okay, Cooper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know Bradley Cooper. Yes. Your yes. husband is yes. also. Yes. Yes. Fascinating. Yeah. But you didn't see the movie? I did not see the movie. Uh, yeah, it's directed by Clint Eastwood. It's fairly. Um, oh, I intense. didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Is it good? What is. I mean. Yeah, I think it's good. It's very intense, very uh-huh. much focuses on. It really gives you a grasp on a PTSD. Okay. Um, yeah. Effects of war. Mm did kind of get a reputation for being a little bit uh, maybe jingoistic or what, very uh, conservative take on the war. I think that might, just from having seen it, I think that's a little bit of a misread. It's, it does, it, yeah, it, it is very intense on showing the, the cost of the war. And, and it's, it's based on, I mean, didn't he write a book called American yeah. Sniper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that book. would reflect his... His, his point of view, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Does it do much on their family stuff? Oh, very much. So. Yeah, that's it? a big part of it is yeah. the effects on his uh, wife and yeah. his family. Yeah. It was really a big surprise. It was actually the top grossing movie of twenty fourteen. Oh wow! Movies released in twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very big hit. Uh, so the next, well, there's two of them that I just want to kind of bundle together, and that is, is very similar movies, and that's The Theory of Everything and The Imitation Game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're familiar with those? Yeah, I saw both of those. I really yeah. like them. I've yeah. never heard of either one. <laughs> well, they're both just kind of uh, biographical dramas. The, oh, I like those. Yeah, you do. You would the, like them. Yeah, they're both biographical dramas. You would like them. The uh, Theory of Everything stars Eddie Redmayne as um, Stephen Hawking. Oh, oh, I did yeah. see. Wait, is that the Stephen Hawking movie yeah, where it follows Stephen. his life story? Yeah. Oh, right. I have seen that. Yeah, that's the Theory of Everything. <laughs> that's how biographical usually goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, I did it's watch that, that movie. Sort of biograph- I like that movie. Biography. Yeah, and The Imitation Game, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Alvin Turing, the uh, the mathematician who breaks the German codes during the war. Thank you, Nightly. Yes. Well, she didn't break any codes, but she's in it. I well, saw that one, too. Helped. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I did it's see that. It's funny that you bundle yeah. them together, because I get them mixed up. Yeah, they're head. just very similar. Yeah. They're both kind of standard biographical movies. So well-made. Um, you know, as... We talked about last week with Gandhi about... You were talking with Gandhi? 
Yeah, we were talking about Gandhi. No, I was talking with your mom about Gandhi. You call her Gandhi? Yeah, one of the things. Yes. Well, yeah, she's a little taller. Apparently. I'm not taller than Gandhi. Okay. I know we were talking about biographical movies and, like, what's the. What does it do other than a documentary wouldn't offer? Right. This, with, with these two movies, like, uh, I think they don't do a whole lot more than informed. They're mm-hmm. just, uh, that doesn't make, I mean, they're bad, but they're just kind of anodyne. Mm-hmm. They're run in the mill. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I still enjoyed watching them, though. Certainly. Yeah, good movies to yeah, curl up watch, with on Netflix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then there's a fourth biographical movie, because American Sniper is also biographical. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's half the nominees, and that's Selma. Selma. Okay. I never saw yeah. Selma. I don't think I did yeah. either. I remember you going it's, to see it mm-hmm. with mom at the theater or something. Did mom want to watch that? No. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw it in the theater. So, yeah, I think I did see it with mom. Yeah, I think sense. she had mentioned that she really wanted to see it. That's a, is it about the uh, Montgomery or the, no, it would be yeah. Selma, um, Alabama. Right. So it's about the, the Martin, civil rights, right? Uh, uh, yeah, Martin Luther King organizes a huge march in Selma mm-hmm. uh, to protest the voting rights abuses in the southern states. Right. And uh, this ends up putting the... Um, pressure on the um, creation leads to the Voting Rights Act. Mm-hmm. This movie is directed by Ava DuVernay, um, a, a female black director. Who's, she mm-hmm. also made the Wrinkle in Time and the documentary uh, called The 13th on Netflix. It's okay. kind of a, a powerful documentary. It takes a look at the 13th. Amendment and its legacy on the racial struggles today. Oh, did I see that? I'm not sure. You should see it. Only you can answer that question. (laughs) That's not true. He usually knows better. Um, We haven't discussed it, so I've definitely... You saw... I know you saw one on the 14th Amendment that we talked about. That's what I saw. This is on the 13th, but this is really interesting. Okay. Right. Uh, Anyways, Selma is excellent. Uh, I think you would really like it. Yeah. I I think it does... um, I think it's better than a lot of typical biopics and that it just focuses on one event. And so you see Martin Luther King just through this one struggle and um, working with this achievement. Yeah, I would like to see Selma. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it since in the last nine years, eight years. <laughs> yeah, and this was a big controversy of the year because... You'd think a movie like Selma would be, you know, just a front runner for the Oscars. It's biographical about mm-hmm. social issues, and and it was uh, considered one of the front runners. There was a lot of excitement over the prospect of Ava DuVernay being the first Black woman to be nominated mm-hmm. for Best Director. Right, and then it just got kneecapped on nomination morning, where mm-hmm. it did make the Best Picture lineup, but it only got two nominations. Okay. Best song was the other nomination. So, really? Yeah. Uh, nothing for directing. Uh, David Oyelowo's just towering performance as Martin Luther King was snubbed. Really? For Best Actor. Uh, Ava DuVernay wasn't nominated. No screenplay nominations. 
So just just those two. So the uh, academy maybe is not as socially weak well, as. Yeah. Well, okay. more than that, all for the, for just the second time in sixteen years, all twenty acting nominees for the four categories were all white. Oh. oh. And not only that, <laughs> but other <laughs> than the songwriters for the song that was nominated for Selma and the producers of Selma, there were no black nominees in any category. Weird. Mm. Not for writing or effects, sound, anything. Oh. So that was this was the birth of probably the most famous Oscar-related hashtag, Oscar So White. Uh-huh. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So that started okay. this year. It was originally a joke that was hashtag Oscar so white that and then insert yeah. white right. person stereotype here. Oscar so white that it drives a Prius or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to drive a Prius. Yeah, yeah did. Yeah, well, you're you're, you're white. white. <laughs> My CRV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it um, was exacerbated the next year in 2015 for the. Third time in 16 years, all 20 nom- acting nominees were white. Oh, wow. Yeah. At any rate, the, this, was a, this was a big controversy. Uh, Al Sharpton planned a massive protest to take place outside of the wow. Oscars. And just before the ceremony, Ava DuVernay, the director... Mm-hmm met with Al Sharpton and talked him into canceling it because she wanted to just dialogue with the Academy to make changes rather than mm-hmm. do a protest, yeah. which obviously didn't work for the next year, but by the later part of the 2010s, the Academy did change its membership rules to diversify more, so it's not just a bunch of old people voting <laughs> on it. Yeah. But yeah, now, had they the had thing. that problem prior to this? Or like, why on yeah. earth in the 2010s? Oh, sorry. <laughs> why yeah. on earth in the 2010s would we be... Well, there's like... been... I mean, there's a problem with the um, industry itself. So, I mean, there was obviously nothing in old Hollywood. There were no opportunities for... Black actors, right. the, you know, Hayden McDaniel won, was the first supporting actress to win for Gone of the Wind. Right. But then no no black winner happened until the 60s with uh, mm-hmm. Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. who plays a field, which you love. I do love yes. this. Love yeah, it. and so then it was it. just, yes, um, okay. it didn't start to be frequent recognition. Mm-hmm. Until like the nineties, even Whoopi Goldberg was like the fourth or fifth. Really? Yeah. Um, and then, but then you'd see like Cooper Gooding Jr. and then Denzel Washington, and yeah. it would become more common. And so Will Smith, the, right. everywhere. You know. Yes, he won't be nominated again. But <laughs> yes, yeah. after twenty fourteen, right? Not after this. Yes. Point. No. Yes. Ab- absolutely. Really, he will never be nominated again. There's like a um, a rule in place. They came. There's some penalty. I think it might be like ten years or when twenty you punch years or something. On stage. Yeah. They have that in their <laughs> yes. rule book. <laughs> yes. When you punch they the host, you get a yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. 
but yeah, I'm not sure with the 2010s. But yeah, because it, by the 2010s, it seems will... like nobody's thinking about yeah. that anymore. The yeah, and as I said, there was you know it was the, uh, only happened once in the previous 16 years, so it was much more common for mm-hmm. non-whites to be recognized. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so but it's it is gave an opportunity yeah. because it was so drastic right. these years. Gave yeah. an opportunity to highlight it. Right. And the usual the usual excuse is well, it's not the academy's fault because there's just not enough good roles and it's an industry problem, but you know, when you have Selma just mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it was exacerbated by the fact that Selma's so similar to the theory of everything and right. the imitation game, which just racked up nominations. Oh, okay. Between them. And it, did you say that, did she, was she nominated for Best Director? No. Oh. No, it was only Best Picture and Best Song. Okay, wow. Very controversial. Um, how how often does the Best Picture nominee like and the director both get nominated? Like, Is that usually what happens, or is it? Yeah, they, they were more frequently... They used to go hand in hand a lot, especially the winner mm-hmm. would coincide yeah. a lot. There is usually, when there were five nominees, there would usually be one or two that didn't get the director nomination. Okay. So yeah. they wouldn't, I think there were only three years where there's a five for five correspondence. Mm. Interesting. And we talked about like um, the first movie to right. win for Best Picture and not get. Best director nominated. I don't well, remember Wings. what that was. Wings. But I mean, yeah. that's such a weird. Right. It's just a strange year. And right. then um, Grand Hotel was one on its only nomination. That was, but that's back in '32. There were very mm-hmm. few categories. Right. But we um, something else we talked that. about three actually. The, okay. Well, Driving Miss Daisy is, was part of our best to the worst or worst mm-hmm. no worst to the best. Right. That was. One best picture without a best director nomination. Mm-hmm. There is also um, we talked about Argo and okay. Coda, both one without a best directors. director. Okay, those are the only ones. Okay, yeah. So, so of all the movies that have won best picture without a director being nominated, Coda is the best with the highest ranking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> I like to argue better. <laughs> yes. Well, they were very close in the ranking. We have a, yeah. we had a sibling spat about Coda. Uh, I can so, tell. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, this was the big story of the year. Mm-hmm. We still okay. also have the um, other four nominees were all fictional. Uh, so, you have have you heard of uh, Boyhood? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, that's the one they took a long time making. Yeah. That's all I know about it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's directed by Richard Linklater, who's an acclaimed director. He's kind of known as the voice of Gen X. Oh, yay. Go Gen X. (laughs) Yeah, he he started off with Dazed and Confused. Um, He's known for the... Are you familiar with the Before trilogy? No. So in 1995, he made a movie called Before Sunrise. Oh, Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ethan, yeah. Yeah, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy play uh, 20-somethings that meet in uh, well, traveling Europe and just have a, a really nice stay together. 
and it's just about their their okay. little brief uh, affair. Before Sunset comes out in 2004 and checks back in with these characters nine years later. Okay. And then in 2013, before Midnight, checks back in with the same characters another nine years later. There are, there are three different movies? There are three different movies, That's yeah. That's trilogies usually <laughs> <laughs> Who invited yeah. her? <laughs> right. Yeah, so... So sassy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's very fascinated with like the passage of time. You can see that in that series, but also in Boyhood, mm-hmm. which he started making in 2002. Cast a kid, uh, Mason Riley, I think, uh, eight-year-old Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette play his parents, and they film for about two or three weeks every year. Intentionally? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Finishing yeah. it in 2014, so you see this kid grow up um, during the movie. So he in- he intended to have this thing be over more than a decade. Yeah, because well, it's about this and, kid's and they s- And they signed all the actors... Signed up to film just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's has that ever been done before? No, not like not in this way. That's what he was doing with yeah. the trilogy. Like right. you know, they were happening every nine years. Yeah, there's a documentary called the Up series, which is British documentary series uh, that's like starts with Seven Up, which talks about just follows seven different British people, mm-hmm. seven-year-olds. And then okay. the oh, next movie is 14 this. up, and there's a oh. 21 up and a 28 up. So you see these same people at different areas oh, of their life. Oh, that's interesting. And it goes up into, like, the 60s or something. That's oh. amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, this boy boyhood is, you know, the, the two-hour, like, two-hour and 20 minutes, I think, that's you see it. He's an eight-year-old at the beginning and wow. an adult at the end. That is crazy because usually they're just doing a child actor that kind of looks... Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's there's really nothing else like it. And also, I, I think it's really... Uh, frankly, the most interesting part is just seeing Hawk and Arquette, how they change from these wispy, know-nothing kids, or, you know, uh-huh. or young right. adults to, you know... Like people in in their early forties. Yeah, yeah. So really interesting. Have you seen it or just? Heard no, of I it? haven't seen it. Yeah, you should see it. I should. No, yeah. you should also see it. I should also <laughs> see it. It sounds like something I would be interested in. Uh, what about Whiplash? Whiplash was that the drumming movie? Yes. Oh, I love that movie. It is such a good movie. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. don't know. You might like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. I like yeah. drums. It's got a uh, the Spider Man guy. You know, uh, J.K. Simmons, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. J.K. Simmons. Yes. I don't know. He didn't play Spider-Man. He played the, he played the newspaper guy. Newspaper guy. Yeah. He was also Fred Merckx in the, um, being the Ricardos. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he's yeah. great. He plays a really um, abusive um, teacher at this um, very prestigious academy for musicians. Okay. Miles Teller plays a jazz drummist. Oh, Miles Teller. Yeah. Right. Who plays, also plays Goose's son in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's just about his ambition to be the greatest drummer and how hard he pushes himself to meet the exacting standards of this um, 
tyrannical teacher. Mm-hmm. It's oh. very it's, dramatic. It's very it's yeah. Intense. It's very it's intense. Wonderful. And it's all around drumming. It's you know, it's really cool. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's the first movie by Damien Chazelle, who also made La La Land and uh, First Man, and just recently came out with Babylon. I've been meaning to see La La Land, yeah. but I guess we won't see it because. It didn't win Best Picture. No, only for a few minutes. Only for a few minutes. Yes. Maybe we should do a bonus episode because for a few minutes it was a winner. Okay. Well, we could do we could we could watch it when we get to Moonlight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then we can talk about both. Remember they they said the wrong. Oh, I do remember that. That's wild. Yeah, said the wrong answer. Whoops. Tough. Tough one. Yeah. You got one job. Yeah. We talked about the best of my, my best of 2021 list, and uh, I had Whiplash at 11. Mm-hmm. I really like Whiplash. But the last nominee, I think, had finished number eight for me on that list. Have you ever heard of the Grand Budapest Hotel? Oh. Oh, yeah. No. I'm a huge have. Wes Anderson fan. Yeah. Who's Wes Anderson? I think we've watched the Grand Budapest really? Hotel. Really? Well, I'm not sure about that, but... Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah, I've seen all his movies. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah, know who's... This is Wes Anderson, really distinctive filmmaker, um, makes movies about very uh, quirky characters, but just with a, such a distinct visual style that's just kind of films things on a flat plane, kind of like a very symmetrical like kind of like a dollhouse design uh really it's stunning beautiful. the whole movie is just stunning it's quirky yeah. it's you know it's amazing it's it's great it's a very um, fanciful story about this uh, grand budapest hotel and it's kind of a, it's a story back to its glory days before the fascism took over europe and and these Wonderful adventures that take place. Rafe finds plays. Did she have seen any Wes Anderson movies? We did see. Yeah, we went to see. I don't know if you remember, but we went to see the Royal Tenon Moms. Okay, one of those when one of those seal pop days. I think when we went to yeah we went to see that movie and then went to the Timpkin. Oh yeah, fun yeah. Uh, But you should watch the Royal Tenon Moms again because that's hilarious. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I like all Wes Anderson's movies. Uh, this one's probably my I actually favorite, haven't seen The but... French Dispatch yet. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch that. I thought you said you'd seen all of them. I know, I forgot. He came out with one, what, last year? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Wow. I've been meaning to watch it with Tom's mom, actually, but... So, those are the nominees. Okay. Uh, so, what is Birdman about? Birdman is, this is what I think that it is. I think it's a satire. Okay. Is it a satire? Well, it's, so it's about this actor played by Michael Keaton, who had been in a movie about, really about Batman, but we call him Birdman. And he's so, so, but he was in that movie before the whole Marvel Universe took yes. off. But anyway, he had a moment of glory, and now he's kind of a washed-up actor who has decided to 
try to find himself again through putting on this Broadway play. He writes it, directs it, stars in it. And so the movie is about him doing that and also relationships with his family and stuff. Is that a synopsis? Yeah. yeah. And, and the part where he's like levitating and like moving stuff with his mind. And that yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah. Well, so I think this is going to surprise you. I'm actually intrigued by this movie. Yeah. We got to the end of it. I mean, I was, I was really like, what is happening through most of the movie? Right. And, but I think that, that, you know, by the end, I'm like, I think this whole thing is, is a satire. Right. Is it a satire? It looks to me like a satire. Now, I wish I understood the subject <laughs> matter of the satire better because right. it seemed kind of pretty brilliant in its satire. And so when we got to the end, I was like, I'm not sure if... I, f- I feel like I really want to watch this movie again right away. Oh, okay. <laughs> to yeah, see, so because I feel like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand it even better the next time that that I do it, so, so anyway, dense. yeah, it, it's it's dense and it's it's almost I don't know I I was trying to think about like how you've talked about tone, yeah, and it kind of stays that same way throughout, so it's consistent throughout, and it brings up all these interesting. I really loved some of the ironies in it. Right, uh, there's like some pretty amazing ironies in it. So I yeah, know, that's, that's I wouldn't so... say it's like just a satire cuz it's I feel like it's more complex than that, you know? I would say like it makes makes a lot of points and a lot of ironies like at, you know, yeah. certain topics. But it's very ambiguous. But it, it's like over the top but subtle in its points. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I so here's the thing. Yeah. I felt like I deserved this movie. Okay. After my complaints about Coda. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no. oh, oh my. Because Back to Coda. Right, that's why I said it's not a, it's not an after school special. It's not, but it's like everything I complained about Coda. It's too like all this. So I knew what was going. Yeah. yeah, and this one actually tells a fairly simple story. You know, it's it's really a story about a washed up actor trying to find himself again. So in a certain way, it does end up, you know, like it has this kind of happy ending, like you'd almost expect, but it's in this completely twisted different way that I wasn't expecting the fairly expected ending, right? And it's also this... The happy ending where he... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, well, it's, well, we it's... should give a spoiler alert, right? Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Birdman in its entirety, so... You've yeah. already seen it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, born, so, yeah. So that's how I felt. Like, I complained because... But we're talking about the happy ending where he jumps out the head. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not the happy ending I'm talking about. Where he shoots himself in the head. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the happy ending I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about the uh, this culminating with this amazing review okay, that he yes. gets. You know, that's kind of what it's... What it's going to right and then anyway so that's that's one of the things that really intrigued me is that i complained like oh cody didn't like challenge me enough and then like boom you throw this movie at me and it like challenges me so much that i'm not smart enough to like (laughs) get all the parts 
There's so many interesting things. Like, I'd really like... Okay. So, the part about he's levitating, partway through the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. He's only doing that when nobody else is there. Right? So, then the only time, you know, and he can make things move just by thinking about it. Yeah. Right? But then when anybody else comes in... He's actually throwing the objects. So then it's like, oh, okay. But what about the sandbag where he he inserts the guy? Supposedly. Right. So then it's like, oh, then that was just an accident. And so then partway through, it's like, oh, this is all in his head. But because he's clearly having some sort of a a moment, a mental health moment during this. Right? Yeah. So then you partway through, but then that last scene... Where you think he's jumped out, but then she, his daughter comes, she looks down, and then she looks up and she smiles. Right. And then you're like, whoa, is he flying? Because then all this time I thought that he wasn't, that it was all in his head. It's very ambiguous, but I think, I mean, you can take it in a lot of different ways because like... The, the way they shot the movie was amazing. I was right. I was just, it was almost distracting because the whole time I was like looking at all the shots and being like, how did uh, they set this up? Well, and yeah, it's, it's supposedly just one continuous shot. Right. Film to look like one. Yeah, that's what you said. You yeah, she, yeah. Didn't, she didn't notice that. I didn't notice it <laughs> the during first, the movie. The first like, really visible cut happens like an hour and 40 minutes. Well, that, so yeah. the, the cut happens after yeah. he shoots himself. So it brings right. up, you know, did... Is the next part reality, or is it some kind of like you know, oh, like he interesting. he died? So this and is then, why. Oh, well, you know, like <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying he did, but right, you know, because when you see him shoot himself, right. it doesn't really look like no. he shoots his nose. So that's kind of what I was, and then it cuts, and it's so it like ends that whole shot. So I was thinking maybe it's like you know, the idea is that. He dies, and then it's kind of like some kind of reflection on his life and fixing his relationship with his daughter, right. and mm-hmm. and it's not it's not reality, um, or it really did happen, and you know, like the part of him jumping out the window is, you know, that's also not reality. I think they just they mm-hmm. play with reality a mm-hmm. good bit yeah. in the movie, yeah. which I really enjoy. Yeah, which you know, I, I actually I do like that. Yeah, and it's all. Yeah, have you seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I haven't. I, I know the story. Yeah, it's, it's really story. good. I love movies that do that where you're watching something and you're kind of like, you know, like, is this happening? Is it not happening? Like, is it reality? And it's, and I think that's kind of his point is that, you know, like he's playing with the art form and it's, it's not necessary. I think like when she's like looking up at the end and like, is she looking at him flying or not? I think it's kind of just like, you know, you're meant to just enjoy it like enjoy the movie enjoy like it's yeah. you know yeah but she like, was smiling appreciate the ambiguity right. she was smiling like right she was panicked that he had mm-hmm. jumped and was or like she, at least she's looking she doesn't see him she's still searching and then and then she's smiling yeah so then it's like um Whoa! Did I? <laughs> whoa! 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 Well, now it's I have to. Like, you know, it's now I have to rethink. It doesn't. The, right. I, it's, I, you know, like it doesn't I have to really. Re- I have to rethink matter. the whole thing. The yeah. other thing that was interesting is that, like, it's okay. He just blew off his nose. Right. And then it was great because it, when he was in the hospital, the bandaging. <laughs> he was Batman again. Right. Birdman. 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 But Batman, right? Right. And. 
Anyway, but when he takes it, it off, it was not a blown off nose. Right. Yeah. Well, no. he, they said he got a new nose. Yeah. Oh, they did yeah. say he got a new nose? Yeah. Oh, okay. So theoretically, like, he had already gotten that reconstructed. Oh, okay. Well, then, then yeah, I think that I changed my mind. Then I don't think that was a dream sequence. I think that then he really was flying. So it was like, we think it's, wait, is he really doing this? Yeah. Is this what this movie's about? Well, and then it's like, oh, no, it's all in his head. And then mm -hmm. I think we end it with, oh, no, he actually was able to. Now we have to rethink all the we do. the things and that I There thought. are times where the movie deliberately undercuts him. Like when yes. he flies back in and then you see the cab driver come in yeah, and say, you right. need to pay me. Yes. So obviously he took a cab there. Right, but, exactly. Right. Yeah. But in his head, he was he was doing that. Yeah. So yeah. did you like it? I loved it. Yeah, she said she loved, oh, loved it right it. away. Yeah. That's why I say I was intrigued by it. Right. Um, so it's because it's clearly a it's clearly a satire on the I guess on the Broadway it's I think clearly it's, a, it's almost like a self satire because right. it's Michael Keaton playing a character who could be Michael Keaton and you know, yeah. is I have no idea. I think what it's, it's, well he I, also mentions he hasn't played um Birdman since 1992. Which, which right. I looked it up during the thing, and I'm like, when Batman yes. Returns came out. Yeah, and so it's it's clearly playing that. Right. And and I really love the interchange with that art of the the theater critic. Okay. Right. Because she's like, so I'm going to give this a bad review, and here's why I hate you, Hollywood people that come in and do all this stuff. So they're also doing the satire on. Hollywood actors that try to come and do theater. That's why I wish I knew more yeah. of that world because I think I would pick up a lot more. But then the brilliant part of the satire is then he shoots off his nose and then there's real blood over everywhere. And so then the, yeah. the unexpected virtue of ignorance, she's writing him a brilliant mm -hmm. thing on his he didn't really intend to do this, but because he was so stupid, he got the wrong gun and accidentally yeah. shot his right. nose off. He invented this whole genre, which is, it's also showing the irony of the pompous theater right. critic who is so, she doesn't even get the irony that she's not getting, yeah. you know? I don't know. There yeah. seemed like so many layers in that. So that was my. Actually, I don't hate there, this. No, no, definitely. It's very, it's really an impressive. It's an impressive piece of work. Impressive. Piece. I mean, what I struggle with is that there's just so many ideas with that. You know, I think I might have appreciated it more, but it's just a little bit more focused rather than you have the I, mental health issues and then the theater versus film and then the pop culture. It was just like. Um, it's almost like these ideas get thrown out there, or and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but then it just kind of. I I out. liked some of that. There's some things that they did yeah. that I thought were purposeful. Like they threw out the you know the pregnancy stuff was kind of out of nowhere and then disappears yeah. Yeah. immediately, and then when they had that lesbian, the lesbian kiss, out of, and I think that was so. I think he was like poking fun at just like generic pieces of. Cinema, like you know, that's what that's like why Hollywood. I was like the satire and then part, just dismissing yeah. him. I thought that was yeah. very clever, you know. Like I thought right. he was doing things like that to be like, oh yeah, this is what you want. No, you don't get it, you know. Yeah. Like I thought, 
I really liked that. So some uh-huh. of the all over the place I uh-huh. thought was, I mean, I don't know if that's true and that intentional, but it was so, it was so out of nowhere and then not discussed again that I feel like it had to be a yeah. dig. Of, you know, and, and because they're talking about what you need in yeah. these things for people to to love it is, right. you know, it's got, you know, they had that whole helicopter and blasting things. And, yeah, exactly. You know, and he, he ends up giving a Hollywood ending to this. Right. By blowing up his nose, you right. know, which was, you know, what he had. And that was also, that's kind of how I was reading the whole lesbian kiss and the yeah. pregnancy. Because it's like all this yeah. sort of superficial Hollywood stuff in this right. in this theater world that is more. And then, and then just some great fights. fights and the, you know, just sort of. Pompous actors, like I didn't know until yeah. we were driving over here that that Edward Norton played the Hulk. Yeah. So yeah. that is that's that's yeah. Super fun apparently, too. it was very and difficult. Emma Stone yeah. was in a Spider Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and that whole you know the the Michael Keaton Bat Batman. I mean, we really right. have to rethink before the whole Marvel universe and the whole Dark Knight oh, yeah. and everything. I mean, they've really changed a lot and he uh, was in the like yeah, before very, it was i mean there was already superman movies were older but right yeah, but, but this was really yeah and then the the whole backdrop is the the normal story about a dad who was too into his career and he has you know that he and amy ryan who plays yeah, his ex-wife yes she's uh, holly and yeah. yeah, I also know her from the Steve Martin murder. Oh yeah, only murders. Only in murders the in the building. Yeah, yeah. she's the bestest. Yes, the bestest, right? Uh, anyway, that that whole him coming to terms with the uh, his relationship with his daughter and his complicated relationship with his ex wife, which is so like that storyline right. is the convention. Yeah. You know, it's the it's in every movie and well, then it's like they rethink all the other parts, mm-hmm. which is intriguing. I love that. Yeah, yeah well the, the through line with his daughter I think is interesting because you have the the first thing we hear from Reagan as far as what does this character want is he wants the certain kind of flower. Yeah, the, the lilacs, lilacs or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets them it's the, you see them in the dressing room, and the note attached says, "These are we know these aren't the ones you wanted." Right. So you get it set up in the beginning, like we know what he wants from his daughter, and then she won't give it to him. And then by the end, she like the conclusion is when she comes in with the flowers. Oh wow! That, and so that that does, I totally like, missed that. Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, and that conversation with the critic, he's talking about how she doesn't understand this flower the lilac that's on the yeah that oh, okay. happens to be on the and, uh, and I, like that, when that he's part, going crazy there's roses everywhere but that's not the, that's not what you want oh see that that's why i need to watch it again that <laughs> the ending was him dying in the hospital room like it just felt yeah. like you know that was all in his head and all the healing of the relationship with his daughter i you know so you do you want to know what the original ending was? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
just kind of do it where he shoots himself on stage. And then you just cut to the same dressing room. But now Johnny Depp is in there hovering <laughs> and there's a Jack Sparrow poster. On oh, that's that would be amazing. <laughs> but he decided not to, to go with the other ending instead. I, the, and who is he? Uh, that who is, is Johnny Al- Depp? No. <laughs> Who is the he Alejandro, that we're talking about? Oh, okay. He would work with the director and just, I mean, I didn't really read much about it, but, you know, he was this, like, jazz, incredible musician, and he would just, like, improvise based on, like, the tone and the whole the whole movie. I thought it yeah. was, it was so good. Oh, so he was, so I was wondering, too, if the music was kind of a satire on jazz, whereas jazz yeah. is, it's improvised, you make it up, and it, it just always comes out sounding like it's not improvised, right, you yeah, know? Yeah. Right. Whereas this was like purposely, it's like jazz with without the, you know, but sounding like it's totally improvised. Yeah. Right. And so... Well, it was also kind of playing with the difference between diagetic and non-diagetic score. Diagetic means that in the world of the movie they hear the music, mm. and non diagetic means it's just for the audience. The whole audience hears it. Okay. It would be like singing in real life. So, like oh. a diagetic musical would be like about a musician, so you see them on the stage. So, non diagetic mm-hmm. is when people just kind of burst in the song when they went normally. But, a, a score, but like you'll, it sounds like it's a non-diagetic score that's just the audience is hearing, and then they, they pass by the guy who actually playing right, it on yes, the drums for right. a few times. Yeah, you know, the marching band in the street. Right. The yeah. Yeah. Which I felt like, I mean, he, you know, like obviously plays with reality right. throughout the movie, and then yeah. also like with the music. Yeah, bit. and then and then by the third time, he's just like the drummer's like in this. Where no drummer would be playing, right? Yeah, in, right. In, yeah. in some storage room, right. while a play is going on in the house. Yeah. yeah, and just the like the way that they shot it. That was so. It was almost distracting to yeah. be like, how did they get like so many long, so many long shots mm-hmm. just perfectly? But it, it yeah. also worked really well with this sort of frenetic mental health. Right. What yeah. was going on mm-hmm. in his mind? Of kind of just, and and what I love too is that when there's like a consuming project, yeah, when uh when they had like a two person dialogue and they would just focus on the one person talking and not the person who they're talking to and it just like really felt like you're in there and it was so unusual because they don't you know they don't shoot you're either looking at both or it's back Mm -hmm. and forth or something but it would just be like up close on someone's face and my favorite was that. They would give their monologue, like Emma Stone, when she was, you know, going off her dad, they would give the monologue and then just stay on the face yeah. way longer than ever. And you just see, yeah. you know, like they portray so much more in just like a couple seconds after right. she's done talking. You can just see her, you know. I think you eventually learn like the geography and 
physical space. Yeah, in this yeah back it's room. interesting. Like, you kind of know, like, uh, you get to the point where you see someone walking upstairs, it's like, oh, they're going to the balcony. We still uh-huh. learn what yeah. right. everything is. Yeah. And then what about that underwear scene? Which one? That was <laughs> the one where he gets locked outside. Oh. Oh, and then yeah. he comes that was in. Amazing. And th- but yeah. there was, you know, I felt like yeah. that's probably deeper than I realized too, because it's part of, you know, that part in itself is almost like every per- person's dream sequence is you're stuck outside in a, you know, in your underwear, and, yeah. and right. you know he's and like people are recognizing him, mm-hmm. and, and he's late he's, for his, he's show. Late for his yeah. show. It's. You know, it's like all of those things yeah. all together. And then he just makes it part of the show as yeah. he comes in. I, they also really played on the, and this is why, again, I'd like to, I feel like I would understand it better if I were more immersed in, like, show culture, Broadway, theater, whatever. Right. Just the, the the live nature of the whole thing and how mm-hmm. how... And when they started out stage. and they uh, they were doing that, um, I forget what it's called, preview or whatever. When they start mm-hmm. out and, you know, Ed Norton's freaking out about not having his gin and like, oh, yeah. you don't yeah, know for sure that they're in front of an audience right. until like, you know, and so the whole time you're just like, oh, is this really yeah. bad or is this just like bad? And yeah. then they show the audience finally and it's, uh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Inter- he got replaced by Mark Ruffalo in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. because apparently he was very difficult to work with. Yeah. <laughs> similar to the character. Yeah, okay. But it's interesting. The um, This is the first of two consecutive Best Picture winners starring um, Michael Keaton. And the second one co-stars Mark Ruffalo. So you can be uh-huh. replaced there What's too. the next one? Um, Spotlight is 2015. Oh, Spotlight. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've seen that. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. get to we'll see it again eventually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a fun fact that they had to do, obviously, so many long shots of, like, they right. had to memorize, like, 14 pages of dialogue for a single take and hit oh. all their marks and all that. It was pretty... So they... Um, they would keep a tally. I think Ed Norton was keeping a tally of who would mess up the most, and apparently Emma Stone messed up the most, and Zach Galifianakis messed up. Oh, the who most. was so yeah. skinny? I know. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. very different. He's yeah. so yeah. he's so great. Yeah. yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So that is very interesting. So, yeah. Any other tidbits about? Um, just going into the long shots. I think my favorite one. It's where he's in the dressing room and it pans around and then when it like kind of gets to the two o'clock position, he's in a press conference or like the, oh, the reporters yeah. are there. Right. And then like when the it started to pan, like he's there in his underwear and then like when it comes back around yeah. with him, he's yeah. fully dressed. So it's like, yeah. is this a trick shot or like was he like really busy changing yeah, while right. it was yeah. moving? But I like the like the first reporter is you know, getting into the theory and of the theater and right. like the next person is asking about just gossip. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you know, that's where it kind of throws out a lot of ideas. And it's like the, mm-hmm. the uh, press and stuff. But, um, yeah. yeah. Interesting movie. Yeah. How maybe the most unusual. Best yeah. Picture How did it yeah, do when it came out? Unusual. Like at the box office. I mean, I heard a lot about it. But... Um, 
I heard nothing about it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were busy that year. Yeah. yeah. This was just not a big topic in the homeschool mom crowd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, $103 million was pretty good, especially the small budget. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Definitely made a profit. It was a small budget? I can't believe they did Well, that. $18 million. Yeah. Wow. So. For all the I stuff have. they had to do, it's... Yeah. They even like, had, just, like, crashing. I like, where is this cam... What is this camera on? And how are they doing this? You know, because they do so much spinning around. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, it's just one camera. And... Um, oh, I think this was, this was the same year that Emma Stone was in Spider-Man. Yeah, it was, actually. Yeah. She was doing it in New York City. Yeah. Doing what in, in New York, York City? Films. Spider-Man. Filming it or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was in the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah. I don't know Andrew Garfield. Yeah. It's just the different guy playing Spider Man? Yeah. Yeah. Not the guy from Uncharted and not Toby McGuire, the other one. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. I would definitely, I definitely liked it better in Coda. You think Adam would like it? No. No. I don't think he would. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think if, I think given, you know, a, this is, yeah, you probably know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all right. You know, not everything. I don't think Tom would like it either. Wow. Tom's our studio audience. Yeah. Tom is Lindsay's fiance. (laughs) Yes. Congratulations on their uh, Congratulations, Tom. <laughs> yeah, where's your ring? I forgot it. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> wow. I know. Uh, maybe a little trouble in paradise. By the time this podcast comes up, we'll, <laughs> we'll know. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It's so nice yeah. having Lindsay here. I know. I, agree. I know. Thanks and for anything else? Uh, oh, well, Birdman. Um, ended up with nine nominations. Oh, wow. Seven more than Selma, because it's all white people in this yeah, movie. Yeah, right. Um, that's right. But tied for the most nominations that year with the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. The Oh, so three acting nominations. Okay. Can you guess who? So, Michael Keaton. Oh, Zach was, he was <laughs> no, Well, yeah, I don't know that you Michael Keaton, yes, was nominated for Best Ed Action. Norton? Edward Norton was nominated for the uh, supporting, supporting actor. Emma Stone? And Emma Stone. Oh, so three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they all lost. They all lost. Yeah, yeah Michael they... Keaton um, lost to Eddie Redmayne in uh, The Theory of Everything. Classic. Okay. The, and, okay. Uh, Emma Stone. He did do a very good job in that movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone lost to Patricia Arquette from Boyhood. Okay. And then uh, Edward Norton lost to J.K. Simmons for a whiplash. Ah, good. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the best actress from the J.K. Like, Simmons is more. supporting actor? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that is. Birdman. So that is Birdman. Yeah. So I do. I do think it is probably the most interesting movie that. At least I've seen so far. Yeah, certainly our, the most unusual yeah, one. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but I, I think it's, you know, for the right person. And I probably will actually watch it again sometime. I'm going to stick to my, I think that he shoots himself and dies. Yeah. 
I think uh, I'm very intrigued by that. I'd have to watch it again to see that. I'm still at the we're questioning reality ending, mm-hmm. and so now I have to rethink the whole thing, and I got to look back on it. Yeah, but, or maybe it was dead uh, the whole time. Yeah, yeah but it, it, I think that then he that the the theater critic actually still works really well if he shoots himself and dies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully she's not encouraging. I love Zach. What's his name? Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. His just like frenzied right. excitement oh, yeah. <laughs> at the end because it was doing so well. But it's one of those things you... You know, after opening yeah. the night, you can't do it again. So the director, Emiliano is part of a, a kind of a renaissance for Mexican um, filmmaking. He, he came around with the, called the Three Amigos and, and Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuaron, who kind of came about in the 90s and the aughts, but then just really dominated the directing Oscars during the 2010s. Oh. Alfonso Cuaron who kind of came to fame with Itu Mama Tambien and also um, made, also directed probably the best Harry Potter movie, the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, I was going to say number three. Very um, visually distinct of the series. Um, But he won the best director Oscar the previous year for Gravity. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That's the Outer Space movie. I didn't really like it. You didn't like oh, it with um, Sandra why. Bullock? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm What's thinking the Anne Hathaway one. Oh, um, Interstellar. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, that uh, was... I, didn't I really haven't seen Gravity. Interstellar was from... I saw 20- Gravity. Yes. <laughs> oh. Interstellar was from 2014. So yeah, I didn't like make that. the best picture. But, uh, yeah, so Quaron won the previous year, then Inyarita won two years in a row. He wins for Birdman, and then the following year, he wins for The Revenant. Oh, we haven't done that one yet. Uh, well, that it, he won best director for the Revenant, and then Spotlight won best picture. Mm. So, oh, okay. Um, but we haven't gotten to that year. And then in twenty seventeen, Guillermo del Toro wins for The Shape of Water, and then in twenty eighteen, Alfonso Cuarón wins again for Roma. So, in a six year span, oh. the, these three Mexican directors won three, um, five out of the six oh, best director that's awards. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, are we ready to see what is coming up next? Yes! Mm-hmm. What do we get so, um, we've decided, we're going to kind of revamp how we do our predictions. So, we're each going to pick five movies that we think are coming up next. Okay. And do a little draft the first time, and then just stick with five, and then keep score for the last 56. Yeah. So okay, and I we'll don't do even a, understand how we'll that... We'll do a snake draft. Are you okay, go first draft. or second? I'll go first. Okay. Then you can pick it. And, and, uh, we'll start with a blank slate so our previous picks don't... So. Yeah, I'll pick Kramer versus Kramer. Okay. Then I will pick The Artist. Dang. And then my second Wait, pick. you can't. What are you? Why don't, why it's don't a snake I snake draft. I thought I'd go next. That's, no, because no, it so snakes snake. back up. Snake oh, draft goes one, two, and then two, one. So you're going to get two picks after this. Oh, oh interesting. 
Yeah. I would definitely not I come first. Yeah. Okay, well, go you, ahead. You chose to go first. All right. I didn't say I know. it was a snake draft. Didn't say <laughs> it was a snake I should draft. know what a snake draft is. I'm going to win anyway. If I you know. don't know, say what is a snake draft before you make this. <laughs> I thought this I This is what it's like to play Risk with her, by the way. That's not what it's like to play Risk. We'll get CJ on next Don't ever do it. It's I'm picking artists and. So fun. I'm picking artists and patent. I was going to pick them. Okay, go ahead. Now right. you have two. Now I have two. Okay, I was going to do one of those two. So I did Kramer versus Kramer, and now I get, um, I think it's going to be Marty and American Beauty. Okay. Um, I am going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick... Gladiator. And can I steal Marty? I just did <laughs> Marty. <laughs> um, I'll take you. Can't take it with you. Okay. So, then you get two more, I get and two then more. I get one. Why do you get one more? Because okay. that'll be five. five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will get. Um... No. <laughs> Shut up. I w- I think it'll be um you can't take it with you. I just picked that. Oh you yeah, did? You did. Oh focus. <laughs> focus. Oh yeah, I picked all of yours already. Um I will say <laughs> he's trying to Okay, I'm gonna say it is I get two more. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Okay, I'll stick with Nomadland. Okay. And I'll do No Country for Old Men. <laughs> okay. Why? So you guys are just, you're guessing what's going to pop up? Yeah. Okay. Why is that a funny guess? <laughs> it's not coming out of next. We watched it. It's, well, it's not coming out of next. See, it's hard because um, I don't know I these know. movies. Isn't <laughs> like, it a random generator? No, that's fine. I'm glad you picked it. It's not a random generator. Uh, it's based on... You didn't listen ranking. to our... Yeah. No, I did. <laughs> you didn't listen to the trailer. I actually didn't um, listen to the trailer. My last the first pick... Episode. I am going to pick... Uh, between two. Uh, the Lost Weekend. The Lost Weekend. Okay. Okay. So Wait, we're, so what number He's going to tell us. It's going to be 56. 56. All right, I'm going to pick one as oh, a celeb okay. shot, and if I yes. win, I take all your money. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pick Parasite. Parasite. That's a come up next? Yeah. Okay. All right, 56. It's not going to be Parasite. <laughs> well, He's then gonna, you don't have to give me all your gonna money. He's going to type in 56, okay. and then we see what we're going to watch. Parasite. Oh, oh my gosh. We need the bounty. Did either of you pick that? No. no. I was thinking about it, but. Oh, I almost man. picked it. Mutiny on the Bounty. This is with Charlton Heston. No. no. Uh, 1935. Ooh. Or, 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 oh, no, it's not the movie we discussed so far. Wow, Mutiny on the Bounty, 1935. Yeah, so. Clark Gable, Charles Lawton. Oh, Clark Gable. Yeah. I've heard of him. Okay. All right, so we'll be back with Mutiny on the Bounty next week. From what year? 1935. 1935. Mm. Have you seen it before? Uh, no. Okay. Have you? Uh, no. I have. All right. Until next time.
Goodbye. Bye.